Hi, this is Nick Underhill, and you're listening to a New Orleans.network podcast. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to this week's episode of Pell's Pod, a New Orleans.network podcast. As always, I'm your host, Raphael Rattler, joined by my fellow middle brother, Garrett G. Money Rattler. What's poppin' with you, bro? What's good? What's good, brother? Got to got to see my, my my main man, CJ, in a couple of them games uh, up close. Uh, he, look, he looks good. Uh, so, you know, off to a, a rough start to start it off, but, you know, uh, CJ is a bucket, so... Uh, I'm excited to see this bucket going further. It's a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of copious amounts of buckets going to be held at the Smoothie King Center. So, uh, you know, all things considered, I'm good, man. How about you? How's everything going on your end? I can't complain, man. Uh, my daughter, you know, had her first day at school today. So I had okay. to let her, let her out the cage a little bit. Um, so tough one, tough one, <sighs> but, uh, but yeah, man, everything, everything is good. Uh, this turbulent week that was, uh, for the Pelicans, uh, was a little very emotional, one. very, very, emotional. very, a lot of highs, a lot of lows. And we'll, we'll jump in that a little bit before we get that started. Um, if you guys like the page, if you guys like the pod, make sure to follow us on Twitter, follow us on IG, the underscore Pels pod, like the episode, subscribe to new Orleans network. Um, the guy that paid the bills, Mr. Nick on the hell. So what's up with you, Jalil? Uh, what up with you as well, man? Uh, but yeah, man, but before we jump into, you know, the week, last week's games, want to give a shout out for Black History Month. Uh, somebody special to us, our, our aunt, uh, Carol B. Bell, who has done so much, uh, in the community of New Orleans, uh, both educating places, uh, both educating people of the African-American culture and giving them a place in Ashe Cultural Arts Center where they originally didn't have a place uh, to gather and to congregate uh, and to share their ideas about different things. And so definitely want to give a shout out to Auntie Carol. Uh, shout out to her. Uh, she's such a pillar in our community in so many ways and paved the way for us and everybody else uh, that comes after us. So I uh, want to give a shout out today. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody, their moms, their significant others, everything like that. Make sure you show them some love. Shout out to Tyreek, man. Uh, yeah. Tyreek Evan. Hey, maybe he's the answer to our shooting wolf. Hey, bro. No, no, no. No, 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 I hope I, I wish him well. I'm glad that uh that Reek is back in the in the fold in the NBA where he belongs. But you know, let him let him go find himself some other place. That's yeah, <laughs> uh, definitely want to give a, a happy birthday to my my big cousin Brandon. Uh, shout out to you, bro. Uh, he introduced me to to 2K and used to whoop my ass as a little kid. <laughs> that's what that's what got me into basketball. So shout out to him and shout out to everybody. Who dislike Eli Apple? I thought it was about saying Saints fans, but it's literally league wide, country wide. Like that man is getting slaughtered, and I'm Bruh, here for it. I don't understand how. Do you know how? Do you know how ups, upset and how angry you have to make people for like entire <laughs> fan bases, players, like people, like people who Analyst. cover the team. Oh, yeah, it's like everybody is on you. Is on you. Like you, you had to rub a lot of people the wrong way. Um, but I, I was, I was running up and down, gritty and uh, up and down here when when Cooper Cup hit him for, uh, uh, you know, to, to secure the, the game. So you know, God don't like ugly, and that's another, 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 another example of that. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate it because it left the fact that that one team that we don't talk about won the Super Bowl in the dust. The fact that everybody was roasted, uh, Eli Apple. So mm-hmm. I'm all. But 
to dive into last week's uh, Pels games. Um, it started off with a high, right? You you came off a win versus Houston. Uh, you were rolling. You got to play Houston again. Um, you won that one, 110-97. Game was really not that close. Uh, it was a very emotional game, right? Like, it was one of those games where I feel like it kind of got in the way of what was going on with the Pels as an organization. Like, it was like one of those things where, like, oh, we got a game tonight. Let's go ahead and get this done and over with, and let's move on. And so what you saw during that game was a little bit what you've been seeing. Brandon Ingram distributing, Brandon Ingram doing his thing. Uh, Brandon Ingram really just making everyone better around him. You saw Trey Murphy. I see Jaleel talk about Trey Murphy. We'll get to that. You saw Trey Murphy get in, scored nine points. Najee kind of had – it was one of those things where it was like, this is Najee's opportunity to show that he – deserves to take Josh's minutes because you need that type of player. You need that type of defender. We thought he was going to be that to start the season, and he was like, okay, here's my shot. We got all these wings on the team now. Here's my opportunity, and he really stepped up uh, in that game. So what did you see from that game other than, you know, at the end where, you know, we had to say goodbye? Yeah, yeah, man. I was I was in the building for that game, um, uh, and so when I got there, uh, you know, I, I've I've had some really good luck with games that I've gone to, whether they've been like emotional or without, you know, anything, whatever. So um, this game was no, no, you know, nothing, nothing <laughs> changing from that. I, I went, you know, we had just traded for CJ, um, you know, and and, and Josh Hart and Nikel, uh and Didi and Sadaransky, all of those guys had just left, uh, you know, left the, you know, left the team, and and you know, I thought, you know, was going to be what it is, but when you got in there you immediately saw Josh Hart sitting on the side in the Brandon Ingram jersey. Like, it was it was one of those things that was like, wait, excuse me? Wait, well, not only is he <laughs> in the building, but he has on a Brandon Ingram jersey. Um, so it was just time, you know, things. That, and so, you know, going into that game, I thought that we was going to, we were going to, you know, we were going to win very comfortably. I just think that the Pelicans had found a rhythm. Uh, Brandon Ingram had found a rhythm, uh, especially against Houston playing back-to-back. I just think that the way that the Pelicans won, uh, there was nothing, no kind of like defense you could go back and try to fix, uh, you know, Brandon Ingram from completely destroying who's ever in front of him. Like, there's no fix for that uh, on the Houston Rockets. And so when I saw the Josh Hart stuff, uh, you know, and I was like, man, it might get ugly in here because <laughs> I like this is one of them games where it's already emotionally charged. Um, you know, the Pels were already trying to make a, a push for the playoffs. Um, and then to have that, you know, that, that added incentive in there was was you know it was it was almost like all right anybody who walks through that door is getting thrashed <laughs> uh, it just so happened to be the Rockets again but yeah. you know more more the same you know you saw Brandon Ingram continue to be Brandon Ingram um you know be an unstoppable offensive force um you know we'll talk about what has happened now that CJ has been uh incorporated into the lineups um but BJ BI is still a bucket uh he's still you know and, and at that point you know, that was kind of he was still in that that facilitating mode as well. So you saw a lot of a lot of that. You saw Jose uh, picking up full court and, and making life hell. But like you said, t- uh, Trey Murphy and Najee kind of stepping in um, and taking the most out of those minutes that they were allowed. Uh, you know, Trey Murphy hitting shots, which I mean, we could use right now. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, but but yeah, so so it, it was more of, of the same. But at the end, man, I, I cannot tell you. You know, not not to make this like a really sappy thing or nothing, but seeing Nikel and Josh Hart at that game, man, and like seeing them 
like soak in the love uh, mm-hmm. from the crowd and everything. It was really a special moment. Uh, I know a lot of people have said that they've never seen that in NBA history. Like, you mm-hmm. know, guys who have just been traded to come back and sit across the side, uh, you know, on court side and watch the guys play. Uh, but, but like Brandon Ingram said, man, it, it builds, it, it speaks to what's being built here as far as the, how the, the, the franchise is, 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 you know, appreciated and how it's viewed among NBA players um, across the country. And, and now you, you see CJ talking about how he wanted to be here because of the youth. Uh, I mean, because of the talent and everything. And so, you know, I, I, it just was a, it was a culminating moment, kind of like, you know, this is everything that Willie Green has, you know, pushed for um, and, and everything that Brandon Ingram has, has done for, and really everything that Josh Hart did, you know, kind of yeah. keeping it together afloat. And so, it was just a lot of love. It was a lot of love in the building. I appreciate it. Um, and, and shout out to the Pels for going out and taking business and uh, taking care of business in that game because it could have been very easy to get lost in the emotions and then let something like that slip away. But they were able to take advantage, do what they were supposed to do, and then let the love show at the end. Right. And so that was the end of the, the Pels' good week, right? So mm-hmm. next you had a tough matchup on paper. Like going into the game, regardless if there was no trade at all, you know, Miami's playing really good basketball. They're the number one team in the East. So you went in with an uphill battle. Now, this was CJ's de- debut, which he landed at like 1230. He said he got in his bed at like 130. Mm-hmm. And then he woke up and had shoot around. Didn't get a chance to practice, but put on a Pelicans jersey. So, you know, when you came out in this game, you and I uh, were, were up close and personal for this game. And what you saw was somebody with tired legs. Like, it, it was very obvious. Like, all his shots looked uh, right on, but short. Everything was – and then he would try to overcompensate and someone would be too long. And so you found a little bit of him trying to catch his rhythm. And, and, and what we expected was – a little bit of uncertainty everywhere else. And so, you know, Brandon Ingram wasn't as – now, credit Miami defense. Like, they've been playing phenomenal defense for years, and they've got a ton of really good experienced veterans who are great at de- defense. And so they threw P.J. Tucker and Jimmy Butler, and you name it, at B.I. over and over and over to make the game difficult for him. Now, he didn't have a bad game by any means, but it wasn't the type of Brandon Ingram game that we've mm-hmm. been thus far in the season so you know he kind of took tried to take a step back you could see everyone on the court trying to make sure that cj was comfortable trying to make sure that we were getting him enough looks and instead of people just kind of playing their game what you saw in this game was a little tentative right um and that being said the pills were in it until the fourth quarter like they were they were right there until the fourth quarter where miami you know miami they just have so many ways to beat you like bam out of bayou jimmy butler duncan robinson didn't have it going but they had so many players that can come in and contribute in any ways that you can't really have let your guard down. And so, you know, the, 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 that lineup, I don't know if it was the, and we'll talk about this. I don't know if it was the best versus team like the Miami heat who has size and strength in a lot of ways, but it was one where all throughout the game, you're like, okay, <laughs> the Pels either need to make a run now or Miami's going to come in and close it. And that's, that's what ultimately ended up happening. So what did, what would you see from that game that you could take away from and that you saw in the next game as well? Yeah, man, that, that it, it is, there's a, there's a couple of teams and it kind honestly, it goes into that Spurs game as well. Like if you are trying to incorporate a, a player um, into a brand new, like, especially one who has so much, um, you know, so much, offensive, I guess, responsibility as CJ is going to have, um, you know, you're trying to incorporate that guy into a, into a system 
Um, there's a, like the two teams that you probably don't want to play against is Miami and the Spurs, to be mm-hmm. honest with you, because of Miami, uh, their, their talent on the floor, as well as their coaching. And then, you know, with the Spurs, uh, uh, Popovich and, and his, and his, and his coaching. But to go back to that, that heat game, um, you know, it, it was, you, you saw CJ. First of all, we were, we went there early. We were, we, like you said, we were up close and personal. And while we were sitting at the, in the chairman's club and watching the players come out, um, you know, walking up, you could see CJ like reading plays and reading like the scouting report, like while he was walking onto the court, like he was, his head was in, in that piece of paper. Um, and that, and, and I, I had mentioned it to you. I was like, man, it, it looks like he's trying to learn who are these guys? Like, what is, what is all of this going on? And so, you were already behind the eight ball with, with mm. you know, when your big trade asset that's coming over and the person that you're relying on for offense is trying to figure out who the hell is on the floor with him, <laughs> uh, you know, five minutes before shoot around starts. And then, you know, on top of that, when he, when he got out there, uh, you saw him kind of locked in and, and getting it, but it was a lot of emotions for himself as well. This is the first game he had ever played outside of Portland, you know, in his professional career. And so it was, of emotions for him and then as soon as the game started you could see his legs being tired like you said mm-hmm. um and, and you know tired legs mixed in with with the athletes that Miami has the defenders that they have the scheme that they come with um you know Chris Chris made it he, he said it on Twitter um it's like basketball poetry uh watching Miami play and so to try to incorporate that and then also try to win the game against them it was already a daunting task but you know it was already it, it was a lot of things to to be to be uh, going bad for us uh, right. before the game even started. So, you know, CJ and his and his and his struggles in that game, I didn't take too much of it. The fact that he was able to get 15, 16 points off of that hell of a day that he had um, should have just been, you know, enough right then and there. Uh, uh, you know, impressive enough. But B.I., again, had had certain things going. Uh, you know, he had a, a struggle game. But like you said, they, they, they sent so many wings at you. Um, B.I. just had a lot, you know, a lot to deal with um, and, and things like that. And so that, that Miami game, I didn't take too much from it as far as, like, you know, this is what the Pels are going to look like going forward uh, or things like that. But I, I did think that it was it was nice to see them compete up until then. I think everybody wants to see that Jackson at the four lineup. But I don't think that we talked about that before the game started. Uh, you and I did about how, you know, they match up with P.J. Tucker at the four mm-hmm. and Jackson having to, 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 to be there and, and things. It just was a weird lineup for them to have to start uh, Jackson at the four. And also you didn't have Billy. So there was just a lot of things going on with Jackson uh, mm-hmm. not being able to play. And so it kind of led to his downplay that game. So uh, I, I, don't, I didn't take too much from that heat game other than, you know, this game has some, some you know, some competitive moments. Um, and, and the team is going to compete defensively and things like that. Uh, but at the end, you know, Jimmy and Bam, those guys have championship aspirations. So it was just a tough game all around. Yeah, absolutely. So that leads us to the Spurs game, which I think all Pels fans can agree with. Probably the dis- most disappointing game of the week, just because of the magnitude of the game, what it meant in the standings, um, all the people around uh, uh, um, the Pelicans in terms of mm-hmm. trying to get into that those play-in tickets. Like, they all won. And so it was one of those things where you went to the game like, okay, this is an important one. We got to get it. I know we're trying to figure out things on the run and things like that, but you got to get this win, right? And so – the, the Spurs came in and they they led from start to finish. I think a lot of it can be a tribute to the fact that, um, you know, the Pels went in still trying to figure things out offensively. And a lot of that led to turnover, which to your point 
with the Spurs, the, the Spurs and the Heat are the two teams you can't turn the ball over for because they literally run offense so that they limit turnovers and their defense is always uh, sharp and on top of things. And so if you turn the ball over, they're going to score. And so you saw a lot of that. Um, I saw, you know, somebody in the comments talking about, uh, you know, them giving time to figure things out, figure out where people like like the ball and, and things like that. And CJ alluded to that in his, in his post-game presser. He said, you know, if I would have known that Jackson Hates could jump out the gym, like that one turnover that where he threw it short, short on the lob, I just would have thrown it up and let it go get it. There was another one where Herb Jones is the best cutter on the team, but CJ doesn't know that. And so CJ ro- rolls up to pass the Herb on the three-point line, and Herb had already uh, cut to the lane, was looking for the ball, and that was a turnover. And so he was like, as I figure out where people like the like their shots, what the people's tendencies are, things like that, like that stuff's going to come to play. Uh, we talked about it on the, the joint podcast that we did uh, last week. I think CJ is the type of veteran that can come in and condense the amount of time it takes to figure it out. Because yes, bringing somebody in who's so ball dominant um, and is going to be so so part of your your rotation that is important. But at the same time, that person knowing how to play different roles and mm-hmm. also being a veteran where he can help other people understand. Okay. This is the place where I like to be. This is where I want you to be, right? Like, this is where I need you to be so that when I come off this way, I have an easy pass lane or whatever it may be, right? Like, some of that's going to take some time, and I think they'll get there. Again, adding a veteran like that who knows how to play, I think that's important. And so, you know, throughout the game, it was one of those things where, like, the effort wasn't there defensively because you kind of felt – the Pels kind of felt like no matter what I do – I'm going to make the wrong decision because uh, DeJounte was cooking. Uh, everybody around him, like Jocka Pertle, like it, everybody was doing things uh, at the highest level they could possibly do things. And so when you got that going on and the Spurs started rolling, it's tough, man. It's it's uh, it's tough to get come behind with a team like that. So what did you see from that game? And how do you think that, that falls in the night? Yeah, um, that Spurs game was, was tough, man. That 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 was a tough game because we everybody woke up, you know, and I, every you know all Pels fan that I followed, everybody was kind of locked in on the same thing. Like this is the game that you could kind of uh, separate yourself a little bit uh, between yourself and the Spurs. Uh, you know, you could go up three games on them if you win this game. And so you know, CJ, you know, you feel like CJ got some time. Um, Brandon Ingram got some time to work with him. Uh, then maybe they went over some film. They got to talking about you know, who likes the ball where, whatever. Um, but from the get-go, man, like CJ, what 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 CJ is going to do, um, you know, when, with this offense is what we saw in the Spurs game in the first quarter, uh, in the first half, really, uh, is, is is generating open shots, right? He had, he, he generated so many open shots because he's going to, he has so much respect in the league between, you know, team players on the floor as well as coaches. Like coaches know exactly what you know CJ McCollum brings and so they 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 game plan against that they defend mm. um they do their defensive game plans against that and so you saw Devontae Graham and, and we're gonna talk uh, you know about him I see the comments we're gonna talk about him we're gonna talk about the Garrett Temple Trey Murphy minutes we're gonna talk about all of that um but for Devontae Graham to have so many of those open shots um and miss them that that was not only does it it it, it it's a three prong effect when he misses open shots like that. Right. Number one, it destroys his confidence, right? It, right? it it doesn't it doesn't do anything for his confidence when he's shooting wide open shots and they're missing and they're missing. And then you, we saw it when he when he took that step in at the free throw line and then missed that wide open one. It was it it was in his head at that point, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing, and it it affects his 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 confidence. 
Number two, what it does is, and it, it might be a subconscious thing um, that maybe CJ can shake off, but I mean, CJ just got here and, you know, he's uh, getting you wide open shots and his first impressions, we always say first, you know, first impressions are the, are the most important. Uh, you know, his first impressions are that he's missing wide open jumpers. And so, you know, further down the line in that game, you started to see CJ kind of like shy away from, from him and, and go to other people uh, until, you know, uh, until I guess uh, unless they work it out together in practice and stuff like that. And right. then the third thing, what it does um, in that game, it, it it takes the eyes off Devontae. It takes another. That's another two uh, two eyes looking at Bi, looking at CJ to 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 defend him. And so it was a three pong like hit when when Devontae missed shot after missed shot after missed shot. And so it it was difficult for the Pelicans to get. And you saw CJ just getting buckets. There was a couple right. of, of of times with CJ. Was was taking on two and three people, and it didn't matter. That one at the end of the third quarter, I, I think <laughs> the buzzer beater. Yeah, man, man. I mean, there were three people, and like CJ, it, it never looked like CJ was rushed. It looked like he did exactly what he wanted to do, and the shot came off exactly the way he wanted to. And that's just what he is. He is a shot maker off the dribble, you know, knockdown shooter. That's what he is. So you know, but but a lot of it, you know, the the defense was just not there uh, for that game. You you can't have. Um, you know, Devontae Graham, Garrett Temple, both going for for not scoring throughout the entire game, and then also not play defense on the other side. Um, it, it just was a recipe for disaster. And I think once the game kind of got away, what, what what happens is that the Spurs get they are a very young team that plays with confidence as long as the game goes on. Right, right. the game we're we're still up ten points, and CJ is giving us thirty three, and Brandon Ingram isn't taking as many shots and and things like that. And so you know, all of a sudden. This team is is feeling itself, and Dejounte Murray is walking down the court, um, you know, one by one by one, taking people to the rim, um, and doing whatever he wants to. So it was a it was a disappointing game, very tough. Um, but again, I I, I tell Pelicans it's the same thing as what at the beginning of the season, right? This was a brand new team at the beginning of the season, and it was rough the first couple of games, mm-hmm. right? Because this team had to figure each other out, and they had to figure things out. And now that you've added CJ into this, like, it's the same thing. The first two games, yeah, they lost those two games. But, like, it's going to take some time for these guys to know, okay, where this person likes, where this person needs to go, where this, what can this person do, what can't this person do. Um, and it's just going to take some time, especially in a team game. Um, you just can't expect people to go, you know, from zero to 100, you know, with, 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 their, with their fit. And so I just, you know, ask to give it, give it a little more time. Um, you know, let them kind of figure this thing out and, and, and it will. But, you know, that, that that Spurs game was definitely disappointing. Yeah, for sure. I, I think the thing that I take away the most about it, it was kind of like a dry run for whenever Zion returns. Right. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? When Zion returns, you're going to disrupt the rotations again. Like you're going to have mm-hmm. to figure it out again. Right. Whether that's this season or whether that's next season, you're going to figure out a hierarchy. And so something that I'm not fearful of because I think that we're seeing a different Brandon Ingram, but that I worry a little bit about is how long it takes Brandon Ingram to say, you know what, this is still my team. Like this is mm-hmm. still the office still flows through me. Everything still goes through me. Like CJ even said, the reason why I wanted to be here is because look at the way Brandon Ingram was playing. Right. And so I think every time Zion has gone in and gone out the lineup, you've seen BI take a couple games to adjust to, okay, how do I still get my shots? How do I still 
play the way that I play? How do I still this year facilitate and get everybody else involved while also making sure that CJ gets his? But in reality, I think B.I. is an unselfish ball player that naturally takes what's given to him on the basketball court. And so what I think he needs to do is just play the same way he always has, and CJ will get his as well. Like Willie Green did a good job kind of staggering. If B.I. sits down, CJ's on the court. So you always have somebody who can get buckets at, on the court at some point in time. And I think Brandon Ingram, I think it's going to take some time, but that's why I think having the vet like CJ, who's been around so much, who's involved so much, who knows the game at so many levels, he'll be the first one to go and tell you, unlike a Zion who's 21, be like, B.I., go play your game. Like, I'm, I'm going to get mine. Like, I'm going I'm to figure mine out. But don't stop playing how you playing in order to feet, suit what I have coming on. So I, mm-hmm. I'm looking for that to be a little bit different tonight. I'm looking for them. They got to practice under their belt. They got some time to sit down and watch film together and things like that. I'm looking for that to be a little bit more in t- tune. And I'm looking for B.I. to come out and be aggressive uh, as well. So the question that everybody has, right, where's Trey Murphy? Um, there has to be something missing. Like we're all sitting around, all Pelicans fans are like, man, when Trey get in the game, like, like there's some excitement. There's there's some shots. Things are happening. And then like he goes games where he just doesn't play. So my question to you is like, take me into the mind of Willie Green. Like, what's the thing that's keeping him? And again, I'm not trying to question him because he knows more about basketball than I ever will know. Mm-hmm. But like, take me into his mind. Like, what could be the thought process behind? you know, taking, you know, Trey Murphy's minutes away and giving them to a a Garrett Temple or giving them to, I don't even Najee. I think Najee plays a li- little bit different than Trey, but maybe mm-hmm. Gary Clark or someone else was like, t- tell me a little bit about why we all might be jumping the gun. I don't know. I, to be honest with you, bro, I, I at this point, it, it, it's got to be, you know, Trey, in these practices, right, in these practices that they have that, you know, we don't see, um, there's got to be something that Trey is not understanding. Um, Trey is not really, isn't processing, he isn't getting. Um, but even at that point, bro, like, even if the fact that he's not, he's getting burnt on backdoor cuts, um, uh, he maybe he's not understanding, um, you know, rebounding positioned or whatever the case is, What there is something that, he is not doing. If that's the case, you you still are there. There is there are times on the court, and we we also I, I'll just talk about this this last game, right? The Spurs game, and mm-hmm. there's one shot that everybody knows. I'm what I'm talking about. Right? CJ got a, a brief. I'm sorry, Bi got a wide open Garrett Temple in the corner, right? And when the ball was coming to him, I was like. I don't think he's going to make this shot. Like, I, I I just don't. I don't think he's going to make this shot. Like, before the ball got to him, and he was wide open, right? And this is a, a, a situation where, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm piling on Garrett Temple because, again, I, this guy plays for my team, and I want everybody on my team to be happy and, you know, to produce in their best ways. But I, I definitely understand. I, I do see where Pelicans fans can be a little upset about this because, if 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 the situation is that Trey Murphy, Trey Murphy is a young player, so he he play he fits with the with the core of our team, right? The mm-hmm. the the growth is, is on time uh, on time with our on the same timeline as our team. Everybody loves timelines. That's that's the word that everybody loves. <laughs> yeah. So Trey Murphy is on that timeline. So you either allow him to to you know to figure this out because he's not good, and we need to look forward into you know another draft pick. 
or you let him figure it out because it's going to take that to figure it out to to where he can get his uh, uh to where he can get his what you call it, where he can get his his great you know his his potential reach his right. potential and so either way you get something out of this like I, I, you get something out of this and Garrett Temple is you know he he has been he has been a veteran leader no no and- no I'm gonna tell you what he's been Garrett Temple is three for twenty nine from three over the past thirteen games. Three for 29, Gary. He's been scoreless in five of the last 13 games, and he has less than three points in 11 of the last 13 games. That's what Gary Temple has given you. So you're telling me his defense is making up for that? If you you, you can can pull that that stat up, I'm sure other people who make better decisions um, (laughs) and make more more important decisions about – you know, the things that go on on the court for the Pelicans, um, I'm sure that they can pull that up as well. But like I said, like, it has to be something in in practice that Trey is just not understanding. Um, I I wish somebody would ask. I I mean, I just would like an answer. Like, fine. Like, I'm going to always, you know, defer to Willie Green because Willie Green, like you say, knows more basketball than – he has forgotten more basketball than I'll ever know. Um, But at the same time, would like for an answer to hey this is why trey murphy is not playing um but other than that bro i, I couldn't tell you i i can i see it pels fans see it everybody see it sees it i i think you know i just don't understand why why he's getting those minutes uh other than there's something at practice that we just aren't privy to and and again i'm gonna give i'm gonna give willie green the the benefit of the doubt um because this happened similar to our next topic, Jackson Hayes. Like early in the season, Jackson wasn't playing the way he was supposed to play. He got benched. Willie brought him back in, and then he started playing well again. So we're all hoping that maybe there's something we're not seeing. Like maybe he's not figuring something out as far as team defense. Because the Spurs, the last time he played significant versus the Spurs, and he got absolutely a torch right in that game. And so maybe that was the mindset in this one as well. Uh, I'm not sure. To your point, like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna leave it on Willie Green and, and see that eventually, you know, the minutes will come, right? The, you, you, you drafted him for a particular reason. The team is struggling in that particular reason. At and, some point, and you just added somebody to supplement his skill, right? right? You saw how many open shots CJ created. You saw right. him like they were right. wide open for Devontae. They were wide open for Garrett Temple. Um, those. Trey Murphy was brought in to knock those shots down. Right. Um, and so I, I, I'm, I'm like, this this is – we are seeing, you know, what Trey Murphy was brought in to do um, with Zion, but it's just CJ is now the guy to get him those shots. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I don't understand. I'm not, I don't understand it at all. Uh, maybe we'll find out tonight. Maybe we'll see a little bit more over this week. So, you know, that talks about good jacks. Bad Jacks, right? Like everybody who was anti-Jacks, trade him at the deadline, all that stuff. He's not a five, never will get it. He's got to be benched, all that stuff. Um, now is their time to shine, right? So over the past previous 14 games, J- Jackson was off, uh, was averaging 12 points per game and five rebounds per game. Now, mind you, not all of that was at the four. Like the, the four stuff didn't start until the Cavaliers game. Mm. I didn't this was this was before that, like he was contributing off the bench in different ways um, and finding ways to be effective off the bench. Now, the last two games, what you see is Jackson averaging four points and one rebound, 
which mm-hmm. that's a pretty drastic difference, yeah. right? Yes, yeah, so it's a big drop off. Let's look at this. So, are you at the point where you're like, Jackson needs to play at the four, or Jackson doesn't need to play? Nah, I'm not. I'm not there. I'm not. Okay. I'm not there. I think that that Jackson has. You know, between first of all, Billy going into health and safety protocols right. and having him be the only other big body uh, center um, on the team, kind of kind of put Willie in a predicament where you had to put him in positions where, you know, it, it's not again, we, we, we know where Jackson excels and is great. And we know where Jackson struggles. We, we we know it. We Everybody knows it. When you put him at the four, Jackson is a totally different player than when he's playing the five. Whether it's starting, bench, whatever, um, it just is what it is. So, um, like you say, he has been, played better at, at the five, you know, recently prior to this little slump. Um, so there was, you know, opportunities for him to play at the five, and he did well. Um, but we all know that him at the four is where. But I think that Jackson is so dynamic, and he brings mm-hmm. – he brings things to the to the Pelicans that not a lot of people have, other than you know, other than the team, uh, you know, on the on the team. So Jackson has this vertical dynamic. He has this ball, this this ball control that he has. A big man that kind of throw. It's kind of unorthodox, it, it, right? It like, gets you on guard. Yeah, yeah like like play yeah. like people don't really know how to guard it. Um, you know, when he's like during Euros and putting the ball <laughs> over your head and dunking it, like it's just a lot of things that he brings. But what I do think is that when you when you pair him in there with uh you know with with, with CJ and with Jackson, I mean with, with Brian Ingram, when they're both in the game, it's hard for Jackson to kind of like to, to to play off both of them, right? Because one of them is already playing off of the other, right? BI is playing off of CJ, CJ is playing off of BI. So that's kind of where the offense is drawn to, right? But if you have one of those guys, and I think that that's, that's kind of what Willie is going to see, if you pair him with one of those guys, right, as well as the big man, so you pair him with CJ and Billy, right, or, or BI and JV, right, and there's, there's, there's like no CJ on the floor or no BI when the other's on the floor, I think that that'll help free him up to do some of the things that we saw uh, earlier in the season, uh, you know, or a couple uh, a month ago, where Jackson was going putting twenty in on 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 Joker head and just doing all kind of stuff that we were mm-hmm. like, this is a different level. And so mm-hmm. when you see these things from players, it's not like they just go away because they struggle, right? Like those skills are still there. He can still finish. He can still pass the ball. He can still you know uh, handle the ball. I just think that right now it is just a really big adjustment. Is it is a big adjustment uh, to bring somebody who averages twenty points a game into your starting lineup, um, and it's just taking everything kind of out of whack for a little bit. But it's going to take a little bit of stabilization to come. But I think that Jackson definitely deserves to play, whether it's at the four or a backup five um, for you know for whatever backup extended minutes. But his best attribute is playing alongside of a of a of a shot creator. Um, and, and having a big man next to him that he doesn't have to worry about playing defense or quarterbacking, uh, quarterbacking the defense, uh, he can just kind of play that free safety role. Yeah, and so I agree with you uh, to some degree. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's necessarily that you know he can't play with Bi and CJ on the court at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think that part of it is his role is defined by who's on the court, right? And so mm-hmm. I would almost be inclined to want to see. 
Jackson plays similar to Herb, almost like a slasher, where mm-hmm. he's either standing in the dunk spot or he's sitting in the corner for for a three point shot, where he can easily take two steps from the like we saw it last game. Like he had mm-hmm. a wide open three, but he said, "You know what? Instead of shooting this, I'm gonna take two two steps and go dunk on whoever is standing underneath the goal." I would, I'm okay with that, right? He has that type of athleticism. And so I would rather, when we saw his success and saw what he was able to do from uh, from a point standpoint and what he's able to give us from that area, it was because he was able to play free. Like he, it mm-hmm. wasn't like, hey, I've got to, I've got to get the rebound. I've got to secure the rebound. I've got to box out the midman. I got to protect the paint. Oh, and our offense, I got to set the screen because those are not things he's good at yet. Like he's just not mm-hmm. good at those things yet. Where you saw success when he was playing off ball. He was not the screener, but he was the guy cutting. Like those were the times where you saw him put the ball on the ground and be able to finish at the goal or get fouled, things like that. And so I think the more that he's on the court with guys like CJ and guys like B.I., the better for him, right? Because they're the ones that are going to be able to make that pass. A lot of what you're seeing is not necessarily that his shooting percentage is falling off the cliff or anything like that. His opportunities are few and far between. There were several times the last couple games where Jackson was wide open, cut to the lane, but somebody didn't see it or somebody couldn't make the pass. We haven't made, been able to make entry passes all season long. Someone couldn't make that pass. But if you're on the court with B.I. or C.J. and they know that that's what you're going to do once the double comes – that's more than like that's more inclined to what he was doing before. So mm-hmm. I, I look for them to get, you know, Willie Green to get those type of actions involved, whether he's starting at the four or whether he's coming off the bench at the four, whatever it may be. I think when he plays the five off the bench, it needs to be situational because mm-hmm. if there are certain bigs that people bring off the bench that can overpower him. Oh, well, yeah, think, obviously. Yeah. I don't think it's yeah. the best matchup for him to, yeah. to be in versus that, right? Right, absolutely. Um, I would still rather him play the four because then his rebounding looks better at the four because he knows I don't have to box out. Mm-hmm. Willie's going to box out or JV's going to box out, so I'm just going to get the ball. When he's at the five, he's thinking about, all right, where do I go? Where do I get that? And Deadman was killing him on offensive rebounds. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'd like to see a little bit more of that. We'll see, you know, how Willie's able to kind of fix those things, but – um, you know, I don't think it's one of those things where, oh no, Jax is horrible again, because that's, Mm-mm. that's not necessarily what you, what I've seen. So we'll see, you know, the next couple of days, see how things pan out before the all-star break. Uh, because now he's on, he's on the roster, whether you like it or not for the rest of the season. So that leads us to the, probably the most hot, hot debated topic this entire week, rotations, right? So let's, let's, let's just keep it hundred, right? Like CJ and Devante together on the court. It's probably not the lineup you want for for, no. for many reasons, right? I understand the logic. I think part of it versus the Heat was who's going to chase Duncan Robinson? Like who's going to chase him around the court? Mm-hmm. And then what do the other players play off of that, right? Mm-hmm. And then you saw a little bit again with Doug McDermott. Like is the same type of player, lower, lower caliber, but same type of player. And it was the same dilemma, right? And so the other part of it is like you want your best shooters on the court next to CJ, next to B.I., so that you could create those open shots, right? Well, if Devontae Graham's not hitting, then you're suffering on defense and you're suffering on offense because mm-hmm. he's not really the guy to take the ball on the ground and attack the rim. Now, he's he's shown it periodically throughout the season, but not consistently from game to game. And so, you know, what are your thoughts on the lineup? Like, where's your head at with what should be the star lineup? What should Who should come off the bench as a six-man and so on and so forth? Nah, yeah, I, I, I think I am. So there, there's two lineups that I want, right? Okay. There's one that is probably more feasible 
there's another one that's like, if you really want to get, if you really want to get into what this team could be, I think that's that that second one is the lineup, right? So that first lineup that I think is more feasible that everybody wants is obviously the the CJ uh, Bi backcourt, right? You want to see CJ and Bi be a backcourt that way, which you've called from the beginning. Yeah, B. I, I played it too. Right. I I I mean, there was last year I was saying Brandon Ingram should slide down to the two um, because I just thought that because of his length. There aren't too many. Yeah, James Harden. Yeah, you know all of these elite two guards that may give him buckets. But it's like, well, who else is going? To, who who are we putting that that's they're not giving buckets to? At least Bi um, can 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 defend there with his length and everything. So I think Brandon Ingram being your two is enough of a of a of a you know an offensive of offensive powerhouse to where his defense has stepped up so well. But even if it doesn't, like you're not losing. If he's going shot for shot with that guy, then you know, then it's a whatever. And there's only oh, so many two guards um, that you know that I would feel that way against, right? So CJ and Brandon Ingram as your backcourt. I, I still like uh, Herb Jackson and JV as you're starting. You know, you're starting front court uh, because Herb can guard all of you know the the players that you know Brandon Ingram doesn't need to. Uh, he that way he can focus on on defense. I mean on offense more. Uh, and I think Herb is you get the best out of Herb as, as a starting in your starting lineup. Jackson Hayes, I think that Jackson playing uh, on the floor with with CJ and Bi. Um, again, like I, I talked about it, I still think that maybe if you if you if you split him up and let him be that one uh, rolling guy, like you, like you talked about with Herb, right? Um, him playing that same position as Herb. I think if if he is the Herb for the bench. Um, with a bi and a c uh, or a cj i think that that works but having them both in there and having him just be playing free range as like mm -hmm. uh you know there's so much talent on the floor that i can just play what i need to do i think that's that's the best use of him and of course jv is your five now that is my feasible lineup if you want to get filthy that i don't <laughs> think is going to happen but if you really want to see the 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 you know the potential of this team then i think a, 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 a cj brandon ingram Trey Murphy, Herb, JV lineup is okay. is a lineup that could we could really see some things right. It is similar Talk to, to yeah. it, it is similar to the Willie Green lineup where he where he dealt with in, in Phoenix right when they drafted Cam Johnson and they had Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges um you know before they bought in Jay Crowder and then Jay Crowder kind of became the the Herb Jones or whatever you want to call it, Herb or Trey however you want to look at it as that three four combination right. So you have you know the the, the Trey Murphy and Herb. Um, both on the floor at the same time. Uh, you have Herb, who is outstanding defensively, uh, getting up and down the floor. And Trey Murphy, went once once we've seen uh, Herb get the ball and push it as like mm -hmm. point Herb. We've seen that, right? So that's just another person who's able to come in um, and push the ball. That'll ha allow Trey and, and CJ to kind of flare out into those three-point lines when we're going up and down the, um, you know, up and down the floor. And I think the more talent you put around Trey Murphy, the better he'll play as well, right? And so, you know, instead of bringing Trey Murphy in to kind of be the 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 bench guy, the to the go to, right, right. uh, you are the sixth man or, or the seventh man, the shooter off the bench. I think that if 
if you bring him in as a starter and have him out there with with you know with Herb and and, and CJ and Bi and JV, he's gonna have so many opportunities and we uh for for open shots. And we've seen Trey when Trey gets rolling, he's another guy. Uh, and, and a lot of these young guys are like that. Once they get rolling, once they get you know get a little hype behind them and, and stuff, like they can get rolling, they can get hot. Uh, and, and knock down shots and everything. And I just think that, you know, the, the, those two guys are the wings of the future, right? Those two right. guys, that is the prototypical wing for the future. So I think that that lineup together, um, of course, it, Trey is not even getting minutes right now. So I'd be damned. <laughs> I know the Pez like, I'd be damned if he starts. But I think that that lineup, um, I'd like to see that lineup just until, you know, Zion gets back. Um, I think that that lineup would be, and what that lineup does actually, it gets Trey Murphy comfortable it gets him you know gets his 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 swag up so that when zion gets back he's already in a rhythm he's already and he's ready to go because when zion gets back there's no reason for trey murphy not to play if you're not playing when when he comes then we need to have a another discussion (laughs) about something else but Mm -hmm. i think if you get trey murphy get him going um get his you know get his confidence up and let him actually play on on the floor with start with them with that starting four with the rest of that starting five i think that that's a that's a good look going forward but i know that that's not gonna happen i'm not i'm, I'm asking <laughs> too much right now so okay okay well let, let let let's talk about that a little bit so if that's too much i'm okay with starting to garrett clark because it's a very similar situation mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. it's a guy who your responsibilities know he's been playing really good defense like very good mm-hmm. defense he's been getting a chase down blocks a steals all kind of he stuff. got sneaky and, athleticism me and ad saw it man he yeah. tweeted they got sneaky bunnies yeah yeah and, and he can shoot the three better than you know yeah, that yeah. one guy the guy who shall not be named right and so mm-hmm. if you can play defense you can shoot the three you may not be as prolific or athletic as trey murphy but at least he knows the rotation he's gained really his trust and so you know if you look at that way you take it that way i think what 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 really hurts this team other than zion obviously is Larry Nance being hurt? Because if 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 he is on the court, he can be your backup five. He can be your mm-hmm. starting four. Like he can play a lot of positions because he's strong. He's a really another good Swiss Army knife. He can shoot and he can alleviate some of the, the the big man duties that Jackson would have to worry about. You can play those two next to each other, right? And so mm-hmm. you know that's that that hurts. That you know we'll see if he's back this this year. Six weeks, not a lot of time left in the season. We'll see if he comes back, but that hurts not having him available. So then mm-hmm. what I'm looking at, so if you got CJ, B.I., her, let's say Gary Clark slash Trey and JV, your backup, your six man, and I this is where I, I'm like kind of like play whoever has the hot hand. I'm looking at Najee or Devontae because, again, Devontae can be a six man in that he can shoot. But, like, he's not going to force the issue. He's not going to draw attention when he attacks the bas- basket like Najee would. Now, mm-hmm. Najee's got a lot of lot of Dykeman Park in him still where he just thinks that he could go yes, past Yes, everybody, he does. Yes, he does. Right? So you got a little bit of that. But I think off the bench, you need a little bit of that, right? You need a little bit of that. And so he can kind of create for everybody else. So then you got Jax at the four. You got Billy at the five. And then that other wing is either – Trey or Tony Snell or somebody who can shoot a three, uh, either Najee or Garrett Clark, right? And whoever's not starting is then that other wing. And so mm-hmm. I think that gives you 
the best mid- – and then obviously Jose is your point. I don't think you can go away from Jose. Like, we were in that nah. game yeah. versus Miami. Like, he missed a couple wide-open threes, and, like, he put his hands in his face. You can, That guy plays with so much energy. Tell him. Tell yes, him. I was just about to say. And, yes, know. he can shoot. And so, yeah, like, he missed in the first half. And, like, you can see he gets so down. But in the second lap, like, he was the reason why the Pelicans stayed in the game. And so you cannot take a player like that out of the rotation, no matter what you pay in Devontae Graham. And so it, right now, if he goes to the bench, like, you're going to have to figure out how you're going to fit him in to the rotation. If not, you know, somebody else might out-earn the rotation. And so – But you know, see, this, me- is, this is – this is, and not to cut you off, but this is a situation where we – the Pels fans, we haven't been used to this, right? Like – Devontae Graham had a terrible game last game, but he has been serviceable, you know, throughout this season. He's knocked down some shots. He's won games for us. So he's been serviceable. But you run into this situation where you bring in a a guy who is clearly better than he is and CJ, and now you have, like, competition behind him, right? And that this is what competition – this is what happens when there's competition behind people, like – at some point, people start not playing um, who should be playing, who should be getting minutes, or who have been paid to get minutes. And then at that point, you start making roster decisions. And again, the roster is what it is going forward uh, as of right now, as far as, you know, they could add, you know, buyout guys or, you right, know, right. guys like that. Um, but other than that, this is the roster going forward. And so Jose and Devontae are here to stay. And like you said, which I 1,000% agree with, you're not taking Jose out of the starting lineup. Yeah, I mean, out of, the, out of the bench uh, lineup as the, as, the, as the backup point guard. You can't because he is the best point guard on the team. He right. is literally the best point guard uh, for what a point guard does um, on the team. And so this is what happens when you have competition. But, you know, Devon, this, this is going to fall squarely on Devontae. Devontae has an opportunity. You have to go out and earn your spot and earn your minutes um, and, and show why you were bought in, um, you know, to, to, to be the, the guy who comes in and knocks down those shots. So this is just going to f- fuel him, hopefully, uh, fuel him to be better, to play better, um, you know, and to kind of look at it as like a, a Jackson pension, right? Like this mm-hmm. is a – like if, if it goes into CJ and B starting, like this is the opportunity for you. Like you are on the clock. Like this is – you have to play better. And, you know, and it's okay to have that kind of fire to be, you know, lit underneath a player. Uh, sometimes you need that. Right. I mean, Devontae Graham's been an underdog his entire life. Like right. we were sta- we were standing right next to him. He's shorter than both of us. Like he's not a not a big guy, four-year college player, like was third in uh uh most uh most improved. Like he mm-hmm. has had to fight his entire career. So I don't think some of the people saying, uh, you know, we can't bring him to the bench because it'll destroy his confidence. I don't think you can destroy Devontae Graham's confidence. Like he's the guy who if he has a bad game or a couple bad games, like he uses that as fuel. Like he's just mm-hmm. a hooper, right? Like that's that's what he is. And so, you know, when you package that and to your point, now you have options at the wing, I think you just play whoever is giving you the most, right? Like it makes no sense to just beat your head against the wall with the same lineup or with the same group of lineups when you got guys who may not be that much worse off behind them, right? You give them an opportunity, like a Tony Stell. Like, Tony Stell can shoot threes and play defense. That's what we need him to do. Give him an opportunity, right? Like, you you don't really know unless you give him a shot. And so I think it'll get some time. And, again, nobody nobody is, you know, doubting Willie Green at this point at all. It's just going to take some time. Like, it, fans are like, man, we were we were riding this high, and then we lost two in a row. And I was like, oh, no, the hey, joy is the, over. The season the, is over. W- what Willie Green has done, um, and, and he he's kind of 
he's kind of suffering from his own success because people right. don't understand, like, he's a rookie head coach. Like, right. this is his first time, uh, you know, doing it. And so he's learning the same way, you know, these players are. He's learning on the fly and and learning things, uh, you know, and, and, and he's going to figure things out. But his success in the way, you know, as far as not wins and losses, but obviously keeping the team together um, and, and going through these 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 highs um, after dragging them out of these lows. Like these, this is a lot of things that are a testament to Willie Green that make people forget that this is his first time running a ship um, as a head coach. And so, you know, he's going to take some time to learn as well. It, it, it's a brand new team. It's a young team. And, you know, it's just taking time for for it took time for them to get to where they were before the CJ trade. Now, you you know, you 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 pretty much. Now you shake it up, and now here we are with with a second team that is taking time for it to to kind of gel. So you know, just just give it some time. But Willie, like you say, we're not questioning Willie Green. This is, you know, this is just an opportunity for to show he's 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 malleable and he's willing to make adjustments. And we saw he started Herb. You know, it's just a matter of time before things have to happen. Yeah, I mean, you know, again. I think Willie Green has showed us, if anything, like he's not afraid to adjust. And so I think he's earned himself some credit to figure out, the, to get some time to figure out the lineup, right? Like the way that he's handled things has been extremely successful in that, you know, guys have gone to the bench. Guys' minutes have been taken away. You talked about it the other day. Jared Harper came in and had a hell of a second half and then never played again in a Pelicans uniform. But what you see on the team is people handle it well. Like people aren't like I I I I I dare you guys to go look at in some of these other locker rooms where a guy gets benched or his minutes are taken away and all of a sudden they run to the media and they're like, man, I don't know what's going on. Like this ain't the place for me. Like that's not what's happening here. Like guys are like, you know what? It's that person's time. I'm gonna get my time and I'm gonna be ready the next time up. And like that's the way you it's about how you handle things that I think that Willie Green's gonna get this figured out. So Looking at the playoffs, so we took a dip back. We're no longer in the 10th seed. Uh, that's a little bit unfortunate, but we get we can get back there tonight with a win. So you got Minnesota at the seventh spot with seven and a half games back. I don't know if we're catching them. Uh, you got you, you got uh, the Clippers in the eighth spot. I still think they're catchable, just because I just I look at the roster and I'm like, how? Like, how are they gonna <laughs> how are they gonna finish the season without Kawhi and PG? Like, there's no way. Like, they're gonna go on like three game losing streaks. Like, it's it's gonna come at some point. The Lakers are four and a half games back, <laughs> and LeBron's at the Super Bowl drinking wine and talking about I need to take a step back. I need to go like. Listen, we it's just need to worry about figuring this thing out and putting things things together, and you know we'll let we'll let everything else play out. And then you got Portland, uh, they're half a game above us right now. So you still feeling good? You're a little bit worried going in the break? What are your nah, thoughts? Nah, not at all. I, I think that the Pelicans have done um have done, you know, enough to earn themselves. Again, it's just taking time. You bring a new person in, they're gonna get it together. And I think that I think that they're gonna catch. I, I'm with you with the Clippers, like Norm Powell, uh, like like Aaron just said. By the way, Aaron, I hope you're enjoying that. Uh, that Herb Jones jersey, man. Uh, Norman Powell is hurt. Like they, I, I think the Clippers, you know, they they have like a, a lot of rugged guys that like maybe can keep a, a you know a locker room together um, with Reggie Jackson and, and guys like that. But I, I think and you know and and I, I and Tyrone Lou coaching. I just I think that they they can kind of keep it afloat. They've done they've shown me enough to where like they're competitive in games. But like that Lakers team, nah. I I think that Lakers team is coming back to us. I I I I tweeted <laughs> enough times of 
um, the the Dave Chappelle and, and Prince just just come on back to us. Just come on back. Oh, Rick James, come on back to us. Um, but I just think that you know the the Pelicans have enough. Uh, I I just think that it, it's going to take some time for this to gel. But when it gels, um, and I think you might see a little bit of it tonight. Um, actually tonight, I think CJ and Bi really are going to try and make an effort to like win this game. Like they're gonna, I, I I'm predicting two big games from, I mean, a big game from the both of them. Uh, but I, I think once this team gets it together, they were playing so well, and they just the sheer amount of talent um, on the floor at, the, at you know to start the game off with Herb. Bi, JV, and CJ, and then you know whoever else is that that next that fifth starter, whether it be Devontae or it be Jackson. I just think that that's enough to get you into the play-in. Um, so I think you know they'd be fine. I'm not worried um, right now. Um, I still think that they can they can win a, a, a majority of these games going into the All Star game to finish out this this road um, game. I mean road. Uh, I mean this home game stand going into the All Star break. Uh, and then after the All Star break, we'll see. Um, if we get any news about anybody else who might actually potentially maybe, <laughs> kind of, maybe, sort of, um, you know, anecdotically uh, might be returning. Uh, so we'll see about that. But I, I think that, you know, they've done enough to at least secure the playing tournament. I just think that it's going to take some time for it to gel uh, for right now. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I, I'm with you. I'm not worried. This is a tough stretch we got coming up. So tonight mm-hmm. we got Toronto. Toronto is playing really good basketball mm-hmm. right now. They're starting to figure things out. Please, somebody guard Fred Flamley. Let's not let and Gary let, Trent. Bro. Let, well, him too. Uh, <laughs> like, let's not let what happened with Dejounte Murray carry over to this game. Mm-hmm. Then we got Memphis tomorrow, who's playing extremely well. They are blowing everybody out. They're, They're like playing the Hall of Globe extremely tribe. well. No Pelicans fans want to hear that because Memphis can't seem to leave us alone. Like they can't just have their own season. They're, we're always tied into it. So, uh, but you know, historically, ever since they got job, they beat us like one time, and that's with and without Zion. Like including mm-hmm. this year where we blew the brakes out of them. So you never know. Sometimes teams just have their number, right? Um, and then Thursday, you got a Mavericks team, which I don't know. <laughs> Depends on the win uh, on the day. Like, yeah, if Luke no has kidding. it going, you got a chance. If he doesn't, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie and <laughs> and that group of guys, you know. Davis Bertans. Like, they got Luka. So, again, they're always, they're always going to have a chance. But it's not somebody you're scared of, right? Luka, like, it's not somebody uh, like, her, her versus Luka round two, I'm, I'm ready for it. Right, right, right. So, so we'll see on that. But um, tough week ahead. But again, that's the Western Conference. You know, you're always going to play against stars. So, uh, what you got left for the people? Like, do we get a win tonight? What, what, what do you, what, what do you see this week? I think, I think, I think we get a, a close win tonight. Um, I think CJ shows his shows his value uh, even more uh, tonight. Yep. I think that he he has a big game. Like I said, I think him and Bi uh, have that game that you know that that game to kind of be like, oh, okay, this is why. Um, both of those guys are here. I think that that happens tonight. Um, you know, I, I think that we'll be we'll be okay against the 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 Mavs. Uh, again, Luca is in, incredible. Uh, he's phenomenal. So I'm a little worried about that game. Um, Memphis, I, I just I don't know because like I, like you said, we have their number. It, it, it would seem as though, but like if you watch them recently, really um, good basketball. Yeah, they're incredible. So uh, I'm not sure. Uh, but I think that if the Pels can go two and one, uh, I think if they can get that Mavs game and this Raptors game, I um, mean, even if they they drop that Grizzlies game uh, again, it's a great team right now that's playing well. Uh, I think if they can go two and one, uh, I think we should be we should be happy with this week. Yeah, I'm with you too. I think 
you know, to your point, I think CJ and BI kind of take it on themselves tonight to say, hey, we're not going to lose. We're not going to drop three in a row. Um, mm-hmm. Let's kind of turn the table uh, in regards to that. They don't really have – Pascal's a good defender, but I'm still taking P- BI over Pascal. They don't have a lot of, they don't have a lot of size to deal with, no, JV. You all. would think. But, but, again, JV has to wake up and attack these small matchups and, these, and, and be aggressive. Like, he has to, he has to do – because there's no – there's no like size there. There's just a lot of long, linky guys. So you know, I, I see JV. Hopefully, JV can can t- make them pay tonight. I'm with you. So what you got left for the people as we wrap up the show? As always, you never know what people are going through. So give somebody a smile today. Uh, you know, Pels fans, hang in there. We getting you know we getting accustomed to a brand new team. Uh, it's very similar to the beginning of the season. Um, you know, when we didn't when we were losing a lot of games because we just didn't know who each other was. So um, you know, as this team kind of gets together, go out there and support them as much as you can. Um, you know, as much as you can be. We give out tickets every uh, on our uh, Twitter page. So at Pels Pie, follow us there, and uh, you know you can get in on some of those giveaways if you if you need to. Uh, follow myself at Garrick underscore Rattler. Follow my brother at Raphael underscore Rattler. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, uh, what is it? That, the underscore Pals Pod. Um, and then like the page, uh, you know, share, subscribe uh, to New Orleans Down Network. Uh, you know, let us know what you think about the Pels and what's going on. And we appreciate all the support. And we'll see you guys next week. Yes, sir. We out. <laughs>